Welcome to PCTY Talks, a new podcast from the human capital management software provider, Paylocity. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson, and as an HR program manager at Paylocity, I will be navigating our journey together as we explore bite-sized topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, diversity and inclusion, and product knowledge. If you have an idea for a future podcast topic, please drop me a note at PCTYTalks at Paylocity.com. On today's episode, I talk with Cheryl Johnson, CHRO here at Paylocity, about the trends we should watch in HR for 2021. Cheryl, thanks again for joining me on the podcast today. As we are heading into the end of 2020, I've been doing some research and trying to dig into what HR practitioners should be paying attention to in 2021. Um, I really wanted to use the word what they should be expecting, but at this point, I don't think anybody really knows what to expect for 2021. (laughs) So let me start here. As you think about the trends that HR professionals rallied around in 2020, how do you think that changed during the pandemic with the civil unrest, increased political tension that we saw this past year? Yeah, great question. So first, thanks for having me to talk about this because I think uh, a lot of HR professionals right now are tapping into their networks and each other just trying to figure out, what do you know? Do you know anything <laughs> anything new that I don't know? Um, I do think we have to be there for each other and help each other. Um, so I think back to January of 2020, and I'm trying to even remember what we were focused on. It's it's actually really hard because it, it quickly turned. So anything we were focused on in, in January 2020 um, kind of got thrown out of the window or put to the side for the most part, with one exception, which is DEI, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And interestingly enough, like those were big, big, big priorities um, back in January of 2020. And they, I would say they kind of took a hold for a period of time during the pandemic. Like everything, all people could talk about in HR and figure out was how do I um, help my organization manage through and navigate during the pandemic. So DE and I got put on the sidelines for just a little bit. And then in June, when Black Lives Matter became a much bigger conversation um, due to the social unrest and everything that was going on, it took a much bigger center stage, but it also took on a completely different meaning um, for organizations. And, And we weren't just talking about how to have unconscious bias training or have a diverse interview panel. It really um, kind of bled into a lot of different things that organizations had to think about. Um, So that's why the only one I would say stayed. Uh, And then everything else shifted. So, um, and I'll touch on DE&I towards the end of this, but I think the first and foremost shift and the one that I think will carry through for 2021 for sure is the ability to do agile goal planning. Um, Most organizations, I think back to early in my career when we were planning three and five years out, which sounds silly to me now. (laughs) Like, How could we possibly know three and five years out? But that's like everybody was best practice. Like you always have to have your three year to five year goal plans. And then it shifted to, um, you know, at least 12 months and definitely in a high growth environment. um, You would expect like at least 12 months you have your plan. Right now, everybody has to shift to like week by week quarter by quarter, we have to be completely agile. 
And, and for some companies who kind of had an agile planning process to begin with, that's probably pretty standard. Like a lot of technology companies, because tech changes so fast, tend to be um, more comfortable with that agile goal planning. But now most organizations, whether you're tech or not, have to start becoming more comfortable with the fact that you don't know. You, you don't know what's going to happen. And is there going to be a vaccine? And um, will people get access to it? And will we have another second you know, lockdown? And what will that impact be to our business? Um, everything's changing every day. So agile planning, what follows agile planning from an HR perspective is change management and communication. So it's one thing to be able to be agile and, and change goals and set goals and change them again. But do you have a mechanism for making sure your organization is aware of this shift in direction? Uh, otherwise, your employees might feel like they're being jerked around. Like, I, I don't, what wasn't I just working on that last week and now I'm working on something else? And you as a leader could look um, like you're losing a little bit of credibility if people don't understand why you keep shifting. So, do you, so communication and change management along with agile planning is going to be really important. I think the next one I would say is extreme digitization. So this is something, you know, we've been talking about workplaces being digitized for years. So this is not new. I think what um, I've seen in my experience is a lot of times the, the processes and things that got digitized were kind of the core operations of the business. And then the back office functions like HR and finance typically were the ones that got digitized later on in the cycle, sometimes if ever. <laughs> so now organizations are realizing they have to accelerate their plans to be digitized. Um, and not only because people are remote, but just for ease of access and the ability to keep your business moving. And so practice functions like HR and finance are going to get digitized much quicker than they were anticipating. And you think about it, having to sign a physical document, like an offer letter, a severance agreement, um, a time off request, an expense reimbursement, like all those different things that you have and some organizations have as a very physical manual process have to be digitized. So how do you move that way? Because you can't just come into the office to sign off on a paper. Um, so that, that would certainly be something you see more. And again, accelerating roadmaps is what you would expect to see. Uh, the third one is mental health. And it's interesting because mental health was starting to creep its way in before the pandemic. I remember before the pandemic, watching the news and hearing about um, suicide rates and mental health and depend drug dependency issues and opioid epidemic, like all this stuff. And this was happening pre-pandemic. And it was just making its way into organizations where organizations were being asked, well, what are you going to do about the mental health of your workforce? Then the pandemic hits and it is like, okay, what? What are you doing to, to focus on the mental health of your workforce? Because the reality is all of us are grieving. We're grieving the loss of normalcy, um, the fear and anxiety of either getting sick or losing your job or having a loved one get sick. So everybody, no matter who you are, what position you're in, there's, there's a great deal of stress and pressure on people that we haven't experienced before. And magnified all at once. Like the change in the workplace, the social unrest, the the political climate on top of all of this. So like we have like this perfect storm 
of stressors for any human being. And people are asking, what is the company going to do about it? And if you choose to stay neutral and say, that's not our responsibility, your mental health is your responsibility, you will have an unproductive workforce. So you have you have to kind of take a stand on it and figure out how um, to take action. I think it's tricky because up until you know the past few years, I think mental health was had a stigma where you weren't supposed to talk about it. And now all of a sudden you're supposed to talk about it. And it's actually kind of blends with the diversity and inclusion before you weren't supposed to talk about it. like that's stuff you just don't talk about in the workplace. And now you have to talk about it. People aren't necessarily prepared. So now we've got to like accelerate our learning on like, well, how do you talk about this and how do you have conversations and what solutions can you use to help your workforce? Um, onboarding and engagement. So they're going to take on, this would be the fourth one I would address. They're going to take on a completely different tone and meaning and intent in 2021. So you think about the ongoing um, impact of people being remote or blended remote, where you're partially remote, partially in the office, or you're one of the organizations where you have a, a blended work environment where anybody who can work from home gets to work from home and anybody who can't has to be in the office. So now you've kind of got this split blended um, workplace. How do you design a culture that is a consistent experience for everybody, an onboarding experience that's consistent, an engagement experience that's consistent, and one that doesn't leave new hires feeling stranded because they onboard and they don't actually get to meet or connect with anybody physically, keep existing employees from feeling isolated, um, or actually what I would consider is like this loss of emotional connection. So a lot of times the energy comes from being in person and having, you know, the potlucks and the summer festival and holiday party and, you know, whatever other events that you've relied on as businesses to create camaraderie and excitement and emotional attachment. Um, that's hard to replace when you're all, you, know, you can't have a group gathering of 10 or more people. So um, thinking about how do you basically, you can't even say recreate, because I don't think you can recreate, you have to come up with a new way to create connections for employees. And then the last one is kind of the one I started on, but to kind of close out on what I think the trends will be um, is back to the DE&I. And the way I think about it is more about the social and human issues creeping their way into organizations where it now becomes your responsibility to address it and figure out when do you take a stand versus when do you remain neutral? And it's really tricky. <laughs> and, to, and there is no one answer because it, the reality is it kind of depends on what your business is and what is the social human issue is it relevant to your business and therefore you're willing to take a stand or is it not relevant to your business? Um, and it would be too polarizing to take a stand. And these are things we've never had to navigate because typically we just remained neutral as companies. Like your best bet, stay neutral. Well, we learned this year, you can't just stay neutral. So you have to figure out when you take a stand and when you don't. And that's going to be incredibly complicated for HR and business leaders to navigate through in 2021. Especially Gen Zs. I mean, now... This is definitely very core to their, their culture anyway. And now they're coming in at a time where it's kind of becoming core to everybody. Okay, so five hot topics. You know, as those listening are digesting these, right? Agile planning, extreme digitization, mental health, onboarding and engagement, DE&I. How can we prepare for these trends? What are the things that we need to do as practitioners to set ourselves up for success? Let's just say in the first two months of 
day one, going back to, you know, planning. Yes. I think here's what I say. Don't try to boil the ocean all at once. And so don't look at all five of these and say, okay, I'm going to have a plan for all five. Because back to the agile planning, in a month, that plan probably changes. (laughs) So um, if I were giving advice to anybody, I would say pick the ones that are most urgent or right in front of you and you can see where you can immediately make a difference and start making a difference one piece at a time. So for instance, the extreme digitization. Sometimes it might just be the awareness that you're just going to fix the process as you encounter it. So if you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what things I need to digitize, then just be, just do your work and you'll see every day something will come to you and you're like, why, how can I possibly sign this document? Why have I always signed this? Why haven't I like had some sort of, you know, a digital approach to workflow so I don't have to sign off on all these things? You can make it easy by just kind of doing your workflow and seeing which things don't make sense anymore. Um, or you can go after it in a big way because the impact to your business is is such that it would be worth it going in a big way. Uh, I think with the onboarding and engagement, if you are hiring a bunch of people, you probably want to start there because you're going to hire a bunch of people and you don't want to keep them, get them stranded or lose them once things turn around. Um, but if you're not hiring a bunch of people, maybe that's not the thing you need to focus on. You might focus on the human rights issue and the DEI. So I would say don't try to do everything at once. Pick the ones that are most um, kind of relevant for your workforce or the issues that have come up the most and start there. And then slowly kind of tap in um, to each of those as you have capacity or as your organization has digested the other things that you've done. And then the other part is connect with other HR people. Join as many networking groups, um, take those webinars, um, attend those virtual happy hours because none of us have a playbook for this. None of us have had to deal with all of these things connected together all at the same time. So we're all going to learn from helping each other. I'm personally involved in a few different HR networking groups and they're all small. um, And it's when something comes up, we're reaching out to each other. So when the election was coming up, we're reaching out to each other saying, are you saying anything? Are you doing anything? How are you approaching it? And helping each other. You may not listen exactly how someone does it, but when you hear how other organizations are doing it, it gives you ideas to go back to your business um, and, and think about ways to approach it. I love the networking piece. I, I have found that in my own professional life to be such a value, those relationships I've created over the years that you can just tap into. And like you said, it might not be the same. You may not execute the same way, but just listening to those ideas can give you an, an aha moment to like, oh, okay, that's how I should address it. Cheryl, as you think about beyond 2021, which I know is kind of crazy to think, but as you think about our profession, how do you see HR evolving? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, And I've said this in a couple of other instances and just kind of compared um, the year of 2020 for the HR profession as back to the 2008-2009 financial crisis, what that did to the CFO and the finance um, profession um, and the expectation on HR to be much more human. I think... You know, I think historically, HR people always had the reputation for being too human-centric, which, hello, HR, of course we are. Um, But I think it also, like, we got the rap of being the party planners, the the ones that were too sensitive to what the employees thought, um, and we were the soft, you know, the soft, fluffy side of the organization. And for years... 
many HR professionals I knew, maybe not everybody, but a lot of HR professionals I knew fought that reputation. And we wanted to be taken seriously. We wanted to seat at the table. We wanted to be seen as a business partner. And we wanted to shift that perspective of being the soft, fluffy HR person who's always thinking about the employees and, and sometimes being seen as too sensitive to employee needs to being more focused on the business. And I think that was great. That got us um, a lot more um, credibility. We got you know business cases to get access to data analytics. And so certainly over years, HR became more strategic. I think this shift is going to put that balance back in check where we get to be the human people again. We get to be the ones instead of enforcing all the rules, which I, I hate that role for HR. But a lot of times HR people get kind of stuck in that role where we have to enforce the policies and the rules. And, and we, we feel less the people person. In fact, how many HR people got started and they're like, I got into HR because I love people. And then once you get into, you're like, wait a minute, how come I'm having to enforce all the rules and telling people that outfit doesn't match dress code? And no, you have to put this person on a performance plan. And like, no, you can't get a pay raise. And no, you can't hire that person. And all of a sudden, like our role became more about the controls than it did about the softer side of the human experience. I think, I think going forward, we get to pull that back. And we get to say, hey, we get to be the ones kind of challenging the business to say, is that is that human? Is that the right experience for the employees? And I actually think the business is going to lean on that more and ask us to be the one thinking about the human experience. I love that. Such great advice and and forethought for what we're going to be dealing with. So Cheryl, thanks for taking a few minutes of your day to join me and jump on the podcast. I'm really excited to see actually what 2021 holds for us in a good way um, and what, what happens and, and what changes in our profession going forward. 